Crater Lake is striking, but we were more captivated by the mice in our RV. Listening to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with wanderlust. Welcome to the Travel FOMO podcast. We are in season nine, and for us, it is all about learning how to RV, and we are doing that really hard by taking on a couple of adventures. In this episode, we are boondocking and getting rid of mice. And the person who loves all kinds of nature, especially mice, that I had with me on this adventure was my wife, Hillary. Oh, my gosh. The sarcasm is thick there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. My um, background with mice is not good. So um, it just got amped up in this episode for sure. <laughs> Well, if you've been listening to the last few episodes where we were in Olympic National Park, where we first found mice, and then we went on to the Columbia River Gorge, made our way to Crater Lake, now you really get to find out what happened with the mice. Because we thought we were rid of them, but we were not. Nope. Uh, a couple things that we found out about Crater Lake, if you've never been there, it's a very beautiful beautiful place it's very striking the water is so blue yeah and just kind of takes your breath away and it's one of those parks where there is one focal point and -hmm. that's what the whole thing's about and everywhere you go it's about looking at that thing and crater lake is definitely that way yes it is the deepest freshwater lake in north america and is the cleanest fresh body of water in the world. So very pure. Um, and that you really can, surprised me too. I, I was like, I what? Was too. Oh, crazy. And yeah, it, um, it's just exactly what it says. It's this huge crater that was created when a volcano exploded. Um, Mount Mazama exploded, creating Crater Lake. And when it did, it, sent up so much ash that it could have covered the entire state of Oregon in eight inches of volcanic ash, the entire state. And so made way for this massive crater that had that filled with water and is now this, this huge lake that the national parks have protected. And so we get to go see, and it, it really is something else. Yeah. We heard from a lot of people that this was their favorite national park. Um, as we traveled, we would talk to people and, you know, you talk about where have you been, where are you going? And a lot of people said, like, this was their favorite. They really liked this one. Is it your favorite? No, it's not my favorite. <laughs> it's not my favorite either. But it was it, it is striking, like you said. Like, it is. And the another nice thing about it, too, is it's smaller on compares to other national parks. It is smaller in scale, so you can see all of it, and you can feel really good about, like, checking all the boxes yeah. without having to go to a ton of effort, without having to spend a ton of time in the car. You can really see the whole thing and feel really good about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, and we stayed in the park um, at a campsite that is in the Manzama Mazama Village campground. It was actually really unique. It was 
our campsite itself was huge. And it was basically on the edge of a cliff, like um, on the edge of a canyon, I guess you could say. And it was really private, um, except for, I will say, we were on, we there was a hiking trail that did cross over along the edge of that canyon so it, people could walk in front of kind of our view of the canyon, I guess you could say. Right. But it was still such a big camping site, it kind of didn't matter too much. No, and that trail wasn't super busy either. Yeah. So only a few people ever went by. Yeah. Um, I personally liked it, and we never actually even hiked that trail, which that would have been a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> we were um, we were busy taking care of mice and some other things, but um, we it, it, it was a really good site. I will say it was a pull-through site, and it was the most difficult pull-through site we ever did i think oh for sure the whole time we were hauling an airstream um and you know if you're hauling an rv you hear of a pull through site and you think oh perfect that's as easy as it gets it could be the case not in this case (laughs) because in this case there were so many trees lining the little um driveway i guess you could say and then there were these huge boulders that they put in place to kind of help frame out that path but then you had to like turn on a dime it was clearly not really big enough for the rigs that they were allowing through it it was crazy yeah yeah i think we were right at the the maximum length of what could use that site and Mm -hmm. making that turn was impossible so we had to like go a little ways and back up and go a little ways and back up and honestly looking back at it now I would probably, this is going to sound crazy, but I probably would have gone past it and backed into it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I could see that being better. I think it probably would have been easier than trying to pull through it, as ridiculous as that sounds. It was so hard. Guys, we usually, so whenever we're parking the RV, we usually get out our cell phones and we talk to each other and... I kind of I'm the one standing outside the vehicle and I'm telling him like what things look like from the outside and asking him to go slower or go left or right or whatever. And in this instance, we were out in the middle of nowhere again, the middle of nowhere, hours from anything of substance. And um, there's no cell phone service. So we can't even talk to each other on our cell phones. And then so I'm like trying to yell at you over the sound of our diesel truck. And I'm standing up on these boulders to try to like make sure like I basically kind of put out my body and was like, just don't hit me. And we'll be good, and you won't have hit anything else. It was um, it was really crazy. But um, the other surprise that we had when we arrived is that there were no hookups, <laughs> and that was just such a big deal. And how could we forget? How could we forget that we'd booked this site, and there were no hookups? And and we'd done it because it was the only option, the only good option for us, I think, based on the size of our rig. Yeah. So it was like, okay, we got to do this. But that was like January 1st. And now it's like August ish. (laughs) And it's like, I can't believe that we didn't think about that. So I go in and check in and then come out and tell you like, hey, yeah, so our site's ready for us. But uh, the reason it's ready is because there's nothing to get ready. (laughs) It's just a plot of land. And in uh, for three nights, too, where we hadn't exactly planned for that. Maybe hadn't have charged things and um, done all of the 
gathering water and all that, filling up the tank and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it uh, it was it was not ideal, and they didn't really have a water fill station like they had little water fountains around and like faucets, but you couldn't hook a hose to them. So if we had known, we would have put some water in the tank and and this, but fortunately we carried around five gallon jugs with us. And so I would go like fill up a jug of water, bring it back, pour it through a funnel into the freshwater tank. And that's how we got our water. But it uh, not ideal. Fortunately, the weather participated well yeah. and it was cool at night, mm-hmm. so it wasn't too bad. It was hot during the day, but so we were fine without electricity and we got by. But it did make the showers really busy. Yeah. The fact that there were no hookups, like everyone's waiting in line for showers. That every was night. wild. Like it was always a scenario where no matter when you went, you're mostly going to wait Yeah. to like take a shower. And there's no more awkward thing than like standing there holding your towel <laughs> next to some other guy. <laughs> you're just like, just waiting. And you're like, do we talk right now? I don't, I don't feel like we should talk. We're in flip flops and like holding bars of soap, but it's oh, weird you know if we I don't talk. talk. Oh, I'm sure you did. Because remember, I met like that couple that had just been, um, they had been doing our, not RV life, but van life in Italy for like, either they were on their way or they just gotten back. And I was like, oh my gosh, and chatted them up and was like, (laughs) oh man. So, okay. What were your first impressions of Crater Lake? Um, I was surprised at how like sort of deserty it was outside of it. And, and even in the park, like it's pretty dry. Mm-hmm. And um, I was not expecting that. I was thinking like Oregon, it's going to be all these big green trees and stuff. And there were like trees and things like that, but I didn't expect it to be as dry. And um, I really was shocked at just how massive it is. You yeah. know, you see pictures and stuff and, and you get that it's big, but when you stand on the rim and see it, like so it is striking. Incredible. Yeah. It's very, very pretty. Like I remember when we arrived and I got the first glimpse and I was just like, Oh my gosh, like that is actually really cool. Yeah. yeah. But I was surprised that for a park that focuses so much on this body of water, you have such little access to it. Right. Like it's down in this bowl and there's really only one trail kind of on the far side from where everything else is that you can hike down to it and then hike back out. But hardly anybody does. I well, I don't know how many people do that, but I really thought like, wow, that would be a good idea because it could get pretty hot. So I could see like hiking down there. The thing that gets me is that you would hike down. It'd be a very steep hike. Yeah. And you'd get down there and you'd swim and then you'd hike back up and get crazy sweaty and dusty. <laughs> right. Right after you'd like been swimming in the cleanest water ever. And it'd been great to go ahead and like swim that off. <laughs> the irony of that I thought was could be really funny. But I think that would be fun too to just swim in like the purest cleanest body of water in the world like that's pretty cool it's interesting too being at crater lake because every other lake that you go to 
that's like, hey, we're going to the lake, you expect to see a bunch of people on boats. Right. And even if they're not motorboats, you expect like paddleboarders and sailboats and little rowboats and things like kayaks and things like that. But there's none of that. Right. So it's just this lake that's just nothing. I know. Just nothing on it. I think, I don't know, I'm sure it would be so hard, but I just feel like there's so much opportunity to like have a little like some kind of little lodge or something down at the bottom where, and I get it, like you'd have to create a platform for that and, you know, it's literally be digging into to the crater to some degree, but like have some kind of lodge down there and then let people rent paddle boards and all that kind of stuff. I feel like there's so much opportunity even have a little gondola that will take you down. That would be like such a fun thing to do if you could get down there. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it would be interesting. Um, I also was surprised at how many backpackers we saw. Oh, um, yeah. I right? didn't realize that it's part of the Pacific Crest Trail takes you through Crater Lake. Yeah. And we saw a bunch of people that were hiking the PCT and they were hanging out there in in crater lake and i thought that was really cool yeah very cool and for people who don't know much about the pacific crest trail it stretches 2650 miles it goes from the mexican to the canadian border and it passes through crater lake um there's also because some of that trail i think was at the time cut off due to wildfires i Mm. think some of them were hitchhiking and stuff so that was just kind of interesting i'd never imagine like if i was doing it i never imagined i would have to put myself in a situation where i might have to hitchhike with somebody yeah to continue hiking it was a really remote really small park as Mm -hmm. well it was only 33 miles around the rim right and so you can easily just drive around the rim like as many times as you want in a day (laughs) no (laughs) but but seriously it's pretty small and um it felt like a little eerie at night because um, it, it was just so freaking dark and there's no streetlights or anything. Um, I know at one point, and we'll talk a little bit more about it in a minute, but we, we drove around the rim a little bit at night and it was a little freaky. Yeah, that kind of freaked me out. Yeah, like, it's just so dark. Yeah. So yeah. dark. Okay, so hiking options. We did a little bit of hiking there. There's not like tons of hiking even no there's not like tons and tons of trails there but there are some and they're like all the ones we did i was glad that we did Mm -hmm. um like we hiked watchman's peak um i think it was like 1.7 miles total so like less than a mile there and back and there's a uh, watchman's tower is up at this kind of high point they still use it in the park system to watch for wildfires and we hiked up there we actually did that hike early in the morning, so yeah. we we got to see sunrise, um, nice. the sunrise over the lake, uh, which was really cool, mm-hmm. and hiked up to Watchman's Tower. Um, I definitely recommend that one. There's a little parking lot there that uh, makes the hike really accessible and easy. Uh, we did Garfield Peak Trail. Um, I think that was like three and a half miles. Um, it's a little bit harder, but um, worth it i feel like that's probably the best view of the lake was Mm -hmm. from the end of that trail from garfield's peak um you see phantom ship 
out there and you see the Watchman's Island and um, all what this What if somebody doesn't know what Phantom Ship is? Tell them. So it's this little sort of outcropping in the, really kind of the corner of the lake and you can only see it from certain vantage points, but especially in the evening or the morning, it looks like sails of a ship because it's this little outcropping with these trees on it. And so it looks like there's this like pirate ship down there in the lake. And it's really just this little, little Island with some trees on it. But uh, it's, it's kind of cool to see. And because it's one of the only things on the lake, it makes it very recognizable and sort of stand out, but you can only see it because it's kind of tucked in this corner so you kind of have to do one of these hikes to get to see it. Yeah. it's And it's not, just to, to clarify, like if you've seen pictures, it's not the big island in no. the middle of the lake. Mm-hmm. This is something like tiny, tiny, and a lot of people tend to miss it. Yeah. And, you know, we ha- with Maggie being with us and with us not having hookups, we were kind of in a scenario where we had to really time out our hikes really well because mm-hmm. we couldn't just lock her up in the airstream in the heat of the day. Right. We really had to, like, let her be in the air because, again, she still couldn't go on some of these hikes because it's national parks and wildlife and everything. Um, even though I'm not sure what wildlife we were considering might be like, out there. The well, lake. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's how ridiculous some of the national park rules are. (laughs) Gosh, that was a good one. Um, But yeah, so um, we did those early in the morning. And then later in the day, as it got warmer, we shifted to the more dog-friendly trails um, so that she wouldn't be stuck in the airstream. So some of those that we got to do was Godfrey Glen. And it's just, both of these are really short. This is like a 1.2 mile hike. And it is trails of some really cool views of pinnacles, um, which are like these huge spiral rock um, that were created by the volcanic bubbles that were coming out of the earth, which is really kind of fascinating to think about. Um, And then randomly, while we were on this trail, we had this moment where we're walking and you look out across this canyon and you're like, that's our airstream. That, right, see that little silver dot? That is our airstream. And I was like, what? And we fortunately have binoculars because it is kind of fun to look at the lake through binoculars and stuff. And so I pull up the binoculars and I'm like, that is our freaking airstream. That is crazy. And believe it or not, it was the only campsite you could see at all. Yeah. Which yeah. meant we were the only one with that incredible view on the edge of a cliff yeah i knew that our campsite was really kind of special and cool just from walking around the campground and kind of seeing but i didn't realize like how sort of exclusive it was well and then there was another trail we did called lady of the woods which was really nice because it was much more shaded um i felt like than some of the others Mm -hmm. and um there's this basically when you go on this hike, um, it's less than a mile. It's it's you're basically looking for the lady in the woods. And there's apparently this rock. I say apparently. That's how I felt in the beginning. I was like, OK, apparently there's this rock with a lady carved in it. But then whenever you go and look, you end up really finding this big rock with a lady it looks like a lady is crying and kind of curled over and crying on the rock Mm -hmm. and um i did point out that she was naked and your defense for that was what it's art it's art it's art it's okay because it's art 
It's nature's art. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Um, but yeah, so anyway, the trail had been named after that rock. And um, I don't even know if we knew that or not whenever we started the hike. But I think we met a family along the way and they're like, oh, yeah, like there's an actual rock that you should be looking for that says that's, you know, the lady in the woods. Uh, next time, one of the the hikes that I would do is the Cleetwood Cove Trail because um, it's the only trail that takes you down to the water like you were talking about where yeah. you can swim. And it's only two miles. I just think it would be a beating. It would be a rough two miles. Yeah, it would be a really rough down. two miles. But I would totally do it. Well, why don't you tell everyone about um, the guests that we had? So boondocking it was super quiet and super still at night and guess what we hear mice running around again and they're just running all over the trailer and so now we're like okay they were getting bold too at this point yeah yeah we're like now it's even more of a problem and where all the electrical wires run through a trailer like that, they're all in these tubes and these mice were small enough to fit in these tubes. And it was just like this super highway to like take them all over the trailer instantly without having to come out in the open. Oh, it it was just, it was just so bad. So we start looking and we realize like there's some, some areas under the airstream where we feel like maybe they're getting in part of the, Part of the belly pan was like sagging a little bit where some rivets had come loose and there was some space that where are um, essentially the the stoppers for our black and gray tanks connect to the tanks and where there used to be rubber, but the trailer's just old. And so that rubber is now gone mm-hmm. and it's just space. And so we're like, man, I think that's where they're getting in and i mean we were like we have to solve this problem yeah now yeah like whatever is going to happen and up to this point you had been a little adamant about like we're gonna try some homeopathic remedies and stuff (laughs) and and i at this point i was like no this is operation eradicate if i have to sit up at night with a machine gun I'm going to get rid of these mice. <laughs> like, I don't care. I mean, I, I was glad when it was all said What has to happen? Um, so it uh, we went to Bend. And when we were in Bend, we went to Walmart. We bought glue traps. I put them absolutely everywhere that I thought the mice could even consider going. And we also bought this little... Uh, keep away system that you like plug in and it's supposed to be a deterrent and i was skeptical about it Uh um but i was like well we'll try it because at this point we patched up all the holes had put mesh in where like and so there's no way they still had mice right and i was like well now they're just trapped in the trailer right yeah right so we have to trap them get them out so glue traps everywhere Woke up the next morning and we had caught four mice. But in the night, as they're getting trapped, you would hear them get trapped and then you would just hear them like rustle around and bang around on these traps and you would hear their little buddies come and like, and 
it was driving Maggie crazy. It was driving you crazy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was not good. And it was like this series of like, you know, several nights, you know, because we're coming from other places. We've been in Olympic National Park where we first heard them. We have gone to Ainsworth State Park and the Columbia River Gorge where we didn't hear anything and we were hopeful. Um, and now we've arrived here. Found out the first night, uh, we still have them, patched everything up. Found out the second night, we still have them, and now we've trapped them in. <laughs> yeah. And then finally that third night had some traps where we, like, really got them. Yeah. Well, you, I, up... you had to do it, too. I was like, I cannot. I cannot do it. Yeah, yeah. You were like, I can't handle it. You have to, you have to do it all. So we ended up catching four of them that one night. In these glue traps and did you think there was another one out there somewhere i thought there could be like well one of the glue traps was just gone oh that's what it was and, and so like, oh. i was like well i don't know i don't know what to do about that right like the glue traps just gone yeah and so i don't know what happened there but oh. they like they must have escaped somehow and then got caught on another because we finally, finally, finally got rid of the mice. But one of the highlights, though, of being in Crater Lake area, although I will say it is it is truly in the middle of nowhere, but about two hours and 40 minutes away from there <laughs> is Bent, Oregon. That's literally where we went into, quote, town. Um, mm. we, we knew we wanted to see Bend anyway, yeah. um, but we also needed things like mousetraps and stuff like that. And so um, we ended up uh, going there for a day and we'd heard such good things. It's Bend is on this river, probably a river that bends, if I had to guess. Mm. But um, there are a ton of outdoor activities there, um, including a water park that they have on the river where they basically use the river as um the for the water on a water park which i just think is really creative and um, people can kayak and surf and and do a bunch of different things in the na the natural whitewater rapids that are there and then um there are a ton of outdoor patio places and then there's even boutiques and breweries and coffee shops just tons of fun stuff to do and so we thought we would make a dog friendly day of it <laughs> yeah we uh Again, we're boondocking, so we can't leave Maggie behind. There's no air conditioning, so she has to come with us. We'd hiked all the dog-friendly trails, <sighs> go to Bend. What could be better? And we show up. Uh, we wanted to go to Bend uh, Brewing Company for lunch, yeah. and they're dog-friendly. They have this all this big outdoor area with these picnic tables. We're like, it's a brewery. We'll be hanging out by the river this huge lawn it was great yeah it's beautiful like we'll get some some brewskis and some good food and it'll be great and we get there we get into town we park we walk a few blocks to the place and the biggest thunderstorm ever just rolls in and right after we'd gotten some beers uh-huh like so we got some beers and like boom this thunderstorm hits and they've got a little tent that you could get under but it's getting really crowded and there's all these people and all these little kids and the thunder and lightning is so loud maggie was freaking out yeah it was scary she was super scared and so i was like uh 
if I can get her back to the truck, I know that she'll be calm in the truck yeah. because we've sat through thunderstorms with her in the truck before and she's fine. But being out like this wasn't good. So I was like, I'll, I'll take Maggie back to the truck. You stay here. And it just starts pouring down rain while like, you're walking with her yeah, to the like truck, trying to get yeah. back to the truck. And it's just pouring down rain. I stop at one point, like halfway between the brewery and the truck and I'm standing on the street like under this awning in front of this shop and I actually filmed it so if you go out to YouTube <laughs> you can you can see Maggie's soaking wet she's so scared but it's just pouring rain and I was like I don't know I could be standing here forever we're just gonna have to do it and so Maggie and I like run the west the rest of the way to the truck I finally get her put up fortunately I had a, a shirt and a rain jacket in the truck. I change clothes and leave Maggie and come back to like have lunch with you. But it was nuts. It was pretty crazy. And then meanwhile, I'm there at the brewery, but I don't have like I don't have seating inside because we had our dog with us. Yeah. So I'm sitting out at this picnic table and it starts raining like like bold big raindrops and you're like oh no and we already knew it was happening and that's why you'd taken her to the truck and and then I'm there with two beers and I end up like running under this massive tree and it's a bunch of us just huddle I'm huddled there with strangers and we're trying to protect our drinks from getting rained in (laughs) and we're just making conversation and then we're kind of like maybe this isn't safe to be under this ginormous tree so then we all run under this tent which was packed full of people there was not enough room for everybody it was really chaotic and um it was just uh it was crazy and i felt like you went through the most trauma though and you came back and i was like one beer down i was good (laughs) (laughs) it was just another adventure and that uh that whole day was kind of like that i think yeah because we like we tried to like do some shopping after that we went to we went to a coffee shop that has an outdoor space that's dog friendly that again like we like had to take maggie back to the truck because it started to rain um we went to another outdoor the old mill area it's an outdoor shopping area and it started to rain on us there so we just like got rained on and rained on and rained on i thought bend was really really cool and I'd love to go back and experience it again. But that one day there was just like rain and rain. And it was rain. just a miss. The <laughs> irony is that when we left, things were really nice. Yeah. The yep. weather is great. We actually, um, we took a route, um, kind of a more scenic route on our way back to Crater Lake. And we drove through Cascade Lakes um, on their scenic byway through, I think, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but it's the, the Deschutes National Forest. Mm-hmm. And um, they're, they have like 150 lakes inside this forest. Yeah. It's crazy. And they're all so adorable, so private too mm-hmm. i mean i just felt like we saw like a handful of people the whole day yeah and um and we kind of spent our our uh late afternoon evening kind of winding through all of those lakes um we hit up todd lake and devil's lake were the two that really stood out but we actually saw a bunch um it's really remote out there. There's even no lights on the highway. So as it started to get dark and the sun was setting, it was like, this is beautiful until it turned like really creepy. 
<laughs> and do you remember we were listening to the National Parks After Dark podcast? Mm-hmm. That really sticks with me because there were episodes and we were literally listening to episodes about the Deschutes National Forest because yeah. we thought that'd be fun to learn about it while we're driving through it, which is something we did a lot in different national parks and um, which we hope maybe you guys will listen to our podcast sometimes when you're going to some <laughs> of these places. But um, we were we were doing that and some of them, the stories got a little creepy and like all of a sudden it was like pitch black outside and there's like not another person on the road. And I was just like, this is actually really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Cassie and Danielle in National Parks After Dark podcast. You guys have really, we've really spent many, many hours with you. Yes, yeah, we did. We listened to a lot of that. Yeah, it's good stuff. Really good um, stuff. Well, and I remember getting back. So we did that, like like you said, afternoon, evening. And by the time we got back to Crater Lake, it was dark. Mm, yeah. And, you know, there's no street lights, nothing like that. And you're really driving on on the rim of this crater. And so... The lake is on one side and it's a sharp drop off on the other. Yeah. And you're, when you go around a corner, your headlights just shine out into like nothing. Yeah. And there's no rails or anything in a lot of places. Yeah. It's like road and then like off the side of the mountain. Yeah. It's just, there's too much road for them to like put rails around it all. Yeah. And, it was kind of freaky to drive at night. Like it, it was probably scarier to drive at night than to like pull the trailer on it mm-hmm. during the day. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was really, really kind of eerie and creepy. Do you remember like as we go down, cause, cause you drive, a, we, we drove around the rim and then also to get to our campground, we had to drive down and down this like crazy switchback road. Mm-hmm. And during the day, it was like pretty stressful just to make those switchbacks yeah. in in the airstream. And then doing it at night, even without the RV, was like, oh, this is like kind of crazy. Yeah. And um, I just I throw that out there because if you are RVing and you're gonna go to this campground. You should also know about that road and kind of mentally prepare yourself for that road and also mentally prepare yourself not to arrive at dark. Right. Yeah. For sure. You definitely want to get there when it's light out. Yeah. What I remember most is you uh, and your fear of the mice that that we were about to trap and just like dousing our entire bedroom area with peppermint oil and making it like we were sleeping inside a candy cane. I had kind of forgotten that. I remember using peppermint oil later for the ants that we would like have whenever we went to beachy places. There would always be ants like in some of those campgrounds. But um, I had forgotten that I'd also tried to use it to keep the uh, the mice out. Yeah. Which was actually a recommendation by one of our YouTube listeners. Um, I can't remember who that was but they were like peppermint oil use the peppermint oil i was like oh that's good oh man okay so overall like crater national park it's it feels very untouched because you can't touch the lake pretty much <laughs> it feels like almost out of reach um when it i does. stop and think about it it's it kind of crazy it is really unique experience to get to see a lake that pretty that doesn't have anything on it. There's no docks out on it. There's no boats out on it and nothing like that. And, and it makes you feel like, like you're seeing something the way it's always been. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that part of it. Um, it's, 
it's a small park and I like that too. Like it's all, you get to kind of see it all without having to go to a ton of effort. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Next up we have the Redwoods Mm -hmm. in California. I'm so excited. This is like such a beautiful place. Yeah. It's so, it's almost otherworldly. It really kind of is, especially if you grew up like we did in in the plains. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. It's just so different. The Mm -hmm. size of the trees and forests like that and, and being right by the ocean and just all the stuff, the weather and the fog and all of it is just so different yeah. than anything that, that we were used to and so cool to see. Well, between now and when the next episode comes out, you can connect with us via social media. We have Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and then of course the YouTube channel where you can go uh, see a lot of the images of the hikes and of course Crater Lake as well as the thunderstorm and bend. Uh, So go check all that out on YouTube and connect with us on social media. That's where we'll post kind of uh, what's going on and easy way to just keep track of us. That's right. And you can also reach out to us by email. We have travelfomopodcast at gmail.com. That is where um, we would love to hear from you. If you've got travel stories you want to share, we would love to share them here. Um, If you guys have been to Crater Lake. Um, and you loved it and we missed something you should totally tell us about it Um, let us know so we can let other listeners know and um, it's just a great way to share more information with other people so hit us up at travelfomopodcast at gmail.com can't wait to hear from you yeah okay guys that is a wrap for this episode we will catch you on the flip side I guess Okay, guys, life is short. Water well.